Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we are once again joined by Gavin's best bud, the former host of the hated Locked On Nets podcast, Marcus Barahal. Gavin, what are we getting into as we continue this long discussion today? Oh man, when he when he hosted that, Alex, it almost ended our friendship, despite the fact that I've also hosted it. But that's besides the point. We are getting into our futures draft where we pick teams across the entire NBA, every single one of them, in fact, based on how bright their future looks. Let's get into it right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Knicks your first listen today and every day. Whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube, we appreciate you guys making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster on the high school football scene all season long. And we are, as we said, joined again by Marcus Barahal, former host of Locked On Nets. You saw the cream of the crop in the last episode. In this episode, we're getting into, well, at least in my case, it was the end of my very robust first tier of teams, which lasted for quite some time. We all sort of had our rankings. There was at least one or two bombshells in this one, one of which that Gavin, one team that Gavin took that was very low in my rankings. And I think a couple others, uh, vice versa. So there's more excitement in this episode. Won't hold us up any further. Let's get into it right now with Marcus Barahal. But the team I'm going to pick, much to my own chagrin, is the Mavericks. Um, It's just one of those generational talent type deals, you know? Like, they have Luka. Luka pretty much showed this past year that he is, you know, a singular force as big as like a Giannis in the sense that you know, even if you have a just a pretty good team around him, he is so good that he could potentially elevate you to a conference finals type team. Um, granted, he had a lot of help from Jalen Brunson, who they just lost to the Knicks. But I think that Christian Wood should be a pretty good fit for them. You know, I like I like that addition. They got him for a relatively low cost, in my opinion. Uh, I think it was a good risk to take for a guy that can score out of the the forward and center spot, which is something that they haven't really had. Uh, for the last few years, as far as like a guy that's like a legitimate scoring threat, they kept Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a really you know versatile defender and like that sort of potential championship level glue guy. You know, as far as being able to shoot and defend, you know, pretty much any position on the floor. Of course, they have Luca, they have Dinwiddie, who again, much to my chagrin, good role player, can definitely shoot the lights out on any given night. Um, you know, and I think that. They've done an okay enough job of one a consistent theme with me, not shipping out an inordinate amount of draft picks to, uh, you know, build this current team that they have. So they do have some flexibility to potentially get better down the line. Um, I don't know if they're super flexible, you know, because I don't think they really have that young guy to make the 
the headline of a you know star trade to get someone to pair with Luca, but maybe with a cap hike in a couple of years, maybe Luca proves himself. You know, maybe it, Dallas is another one of those teams that I think is just allergic to getting free agents. Like they just don't generally land big free agents. It's just not their thing. Um, they home grow their teams, and if they can do that properly and and execute a couple trades, then maybe we see a perfect storm scenario like 2011 where they win a championship. But they're not going to like. Miami Heat a team out of their butts, you know, that's just not their, their brand. So I think maybe Luca is a good enough talent that he bucks that maybe in a couple of years when we get this cap hike from the new TV deal for the NBA, uh, the Mavericks are able to sign someone and build that core out with Luca and get him like a true co-star for the first time ever. Uh, but in the meantime, you just know with Luca that he's going to be good enough to at least get you to the second round most years. Um, and potentially if he goes on enough of a heater, win you a championship because he's that good by himself. So I had to take the maps there. Yeah. Marcus, what do you think about that? Yeah, I had them next on my board. Um, Luca's just so special, similar to the, the pick with the, with Giannis and the bucks. Like that's a guy who you want to tie your future to. He's only 23 years old. Still he signed through 2027, I believe. So it's really like, that's their team is, is Luka Doncic and, you know, the surrounding pieces can come and go. But um, as we just saw, like he took a team to the Western conference finals without a ton of help around him. Uh, you mentioned the Brunson loss, which I think will be impactful for them, but uh, I'm a big Dinwiddie guy. So uh, he might step up and fill that void a little bit more. Um, they don't have a ton of young guys. Um, I haven't seen a ton from Josh Green really, but uh, maybe they're able to land someone in the draft in the coming years who can help them. Uh, later on um, otherwise it'll kind of just be cycling through different uh, teams around Luca. I think yeah I think it's a real indictment on Dallas that they weren't a top, clear-cut top three on all of our boards because to me like if you asked me to start a franchise with one guy I would take Luca with pretty much no hesitation like he's kind of lapped the field with how good he was in the playoffs this past year and uh, now flashing a skyhook this summer so who, who knows uh, the <laughs> The, there, there's really, really no limit on how good that guy can be. So I, I would, I Dallas, all, I did have Dallas, despite everything, all the way to number three, just because of how much I believe. But uh, my next two teams are uh, first, um, and this, this is one I have. I, I would have been more excited about this um, about three months of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I hated the uh, the Rudy Gobert trade. I don't like what it means for the future. I don't think him and Cat really make much of any sense together and i think that is ultimately going to go down as a, as a very bad move but i also think it's one that they can potentially get out of especially like when, when the cap goes up like they can find a way to like the issues they don't really have any picks to attach to it but to attach some kind of assets to it and if they need to totally retrofit that team they always have the break in case of emergency option of trading carl anthony Towns and the only reason that makes any sense at all is i'm about as high on anthony edwards as, as anyone outside of that Jokic. Giannis Luca Trio. Um, I think he's almost like Dwayne Wade with with a better jumper. Like he 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 could be like the number one guy on an NBA championship team. That that is sort of what I see from him, just from an athleticism, competitiveness, shot making perspective. Um, just a guy who needs more experience and more reps. And if if that means they eventually have to trade towns and and bring back like three or four guys who are who are good players instead of having that elite second option next to him. I could see them doing that. I think Jaden McDaniels is sort of the perfect role-playing wing that I'd want around those guys. And, and Towns, like, even though he's mostly disappointed in the playoffs last year, still, like, one of the most uniquely talented offensive big men in NBA history. So just, just the, the combo of all those things uh, make a lot of sense. But I'm, I'm curious, either one of you, do you guys have them quite a bit lower than that, or, or is this about the range for them? 
I had them 12 um, for a lot of the same reasons you said. Uh, Anthony Edwards, phenomenal actor, uh, and yet even better as a basketball player. Um, <laughs> definitely nervous about this Gobert Town score, but I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm not fully writing it off um, just because it is such a contrast to how a lot of basketball is played at the highest level right now. Um, I'm just curious to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they kept Jaden McDaniels, which I know was big for them. Uh, Russell does come off the, the books next season, but then Edwards extension kicks in the following year once he gets it. So there might be like a small window where they have cap space, depending on how, uh, to Alex's point, the TV contract comes in. Um, and if they're able to add someone else to that Edwards, uh, Towns, Gobert, core, that could really make the difference for this team. But uh, ultimately, I think they are going to go as far as Edwards takes them. Yeah, I'm I'm quite a bit lower. Uh, well, actually, I guess not that much lower than you, Marcus. I my I didn't even like go through with numbering all of them. I just kind of put things into tiers. I've got them like so. I had like my like high tier, middle tier, low tier, and the high tier actually had quite a few teams in it. Um, I guess in my sub tiers of the high tier, they were in the third sub tier, um, oh, right good. towards <laughs> right towards the bottom, which which puts them around like the twelve to sixteen range for mm-hmm. me. Um, I just I, I didn't love the Gobert trade, and you know I think again when we're talking about like locking yourself into something, they sort of locked themselves into this, and if this experiment doesn't work out, they're kind of screwed. Like <laughs> they just don't have a lot of flexibility to get better. Um, and that, so that worries me. Um, I, I just, I do agree though, Gavin, like I think I maybe underrated a little bit. Like they can just nuclear option trade cat. If things don't work. Out. I think that's probably the most likely thing. If this, if this current iteration doesn't work out, they trade cat and then just say, okay, we'll have like a late career Rudy Gobert with Anthony Edwards and whoever we can get for cat uh and hopefully that's enough to sort of you know keep us relevant long enough for edwards to hit his prime hopefully draft another guy that's really good and you know actually compete for real uh but yeah i don't know we'll see this year if i'm happy to eat crow on this one if the gobert and cat experiment works though but i just really really worry about how cat is going to do playing the four because he couldn't even defend fives and I think that that's really going to screw them down the stretch of like playoff games. If you have a guy out there when you've got teams like the Warriors that can really go like five out um, and, and like really do something interesting. And then you've got this team that has, you know, Cat and Rudy Gobert on it um, where Cat can't even keep in front of, you know, your average three, four. So I don't yeah. know. We'll see as far as that goes. No, that, that's the scary thing about the trade is, is you're going to have playoff series where you can't have Gobert on the floor at the end of games because you're not going to be able to justify taking Cat off the court at the end of games. So maybe he will have fouled out. Of it. I'm feeling less good about that pick, but uh, moving on. Uh, all right, guys, we'll be back with at least one very surprising pick in this draft. But first, I need to help all of you save some money. If you keep on saying you need to make a budget but never do, if you somehow keep missing credit card payments, if you're afraid to look at your bank statements, it's time to take back control of your financial life. Meet Rocket Money, formerly Truebill, our favorite financial app. So why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? We'll tell you what we heard. Truebill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more. 
saving each of their members on average $700 a year. I know Alex told you guys last episode, he already got halfway there using it for right around a week. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've loved about Truebill, but with a fresh look and feel. Start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmba. Or download, or download the app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Uh, I got, um, I, I'm very, very tempted to take the Oklahoma City Thunder here, a team that it, it's it's interesting, right? They sort of epitomize future, quote unquote, in the NBA. And none of us have, have, have gone near them, partially because of the market. Partially for me, when I really looked at it, I, I just kind of said like, all right, despite all the picks and, and everything they have going forward, there's just not that one clear cut guy. I love SGA, but I think he tops out as like a consistent all-star more so than like a number one. Or I, I think I think his ceiling is, is a good number two on a title team. And Giddy, I think, is fantastic, but it's, it's kind of hard to tell who or what he's going to be, like, pending his scoring going forward. He's so young, though. It, it, it's tempting to invest in that Chet. Again, just such a wild card. They have a million picks, but at some point, they're going to have to get that super elite wing guy to fit in there. And I just, I don't know if that guy's on the roster yet. Maybe you could argue that they're as equipped to trade for that player as anyone in the NBA. But I went with the uh, Los Angeles Clippers uh, next, and that was my, uh, similar to the Warriors, a team that I think has as much title equity the next two seasons as anyone in the NBA and just more depth than any team in the NBA. I mean, right now they have like Norman Powell is like their eighth guy. Robert Covington is maybe like their seventh or like their ninth guy. Like it just ridiculous that that Balmer is willing to spend the money guys who would be 20 point scorers in another context in his sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth guys. And as long as he's the owner, I mean, they're going to be able to do that. And and they have the market where even if they're not the Lakers, they'll be able to attract guys like that. So I, I just, I don't really see a world despite not really having any picks in the, in the near future where they're going to be bad because they're just always going to spend enough money to be good. And for the near future, um, again, a lot of this rests on how Kawhi comes back, how PG um, ages, but they, they have about as good of a present as anyone in the NBA. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll throw that to you, Marcus, to react first. Cause I got the next pick. So I'll just roll mine right into it. Yeah. Plus I, I got a hot take about this. So <laughs> Uh, I had the Clippers 10th and the way that I was kind of doing these rankings, I was writing like, okay, who are their win now guys? Who are their win later guys? And Clippers had a ton of win now guys, obviously headlined by PG and Kawhi and win later. I, this is maybe the only team on here. I, I don't have anyone. <laughs> Jason Preston, BJ Boston. Pre- <laughs> sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I was looking at maybe guys who are a little more substantial uh, than those two, no disrespect to them, but uh, <laughs> BJ I, Boston I, comes at you on Twitter. He's like, "All right, yeah." <laughs> Luckily, I'm private. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm very bullish on their chances to win a title this year, um, and maybe even next year. Like, I think the next two years they will be in that mix. Um, 2024, 2025, Kawhi and PG both have player options. Um, I think a lot will depend on how the next few years go. If they pick those up, slash, if the Clippers even want them to pick them up. Um, We have to see Kawhi come back from injury, but um, the way that most stars uh, of his caliber have come back from injury lately, I'm not too worried about it. Um, There hasn't really been a guy that comes to mind right away who completely fell off after an injury that's been at Kawhi's level right before the injury. So I'm hopeful he comes back okay, but uh, to that point, like, who's their best under 28 guy? Like, is it Luke Kennard? Is it Zubats? I don't know. None of these guys are really, like, popping for me beyond like the next two to three years so it's definitely a good short-term pick like I said I had them 10th and uh, I think you brought this up Balmer's gonna be willing to spend money um 
And I think they've generally operated in, in a smart way in terms of bringing guys in for right now. Um, so maybe that'll continue in the future, but uh, not a lot of long-term upside to them. I've got them way lower. I had them almost near the bottom of my list, if Some I'm being honest. <laughs> I had them like the last last tier, first sub-tier. So they didn't quite make the, the very bottom of my list. But like the, the reason behind it is I think that we've ascribed championship aspirations to this team ever since, you know, they got Kawhi and Paul George, but realistically, how much more is this team accomplished than like the nets? And the answer is not much. And that's the reason why I'm like, maybe they're just snake bitten. You know, you can't predict the Kawhi injury and the, the Paul George injuries and stuff like that. They do always seem to find a way like under Ty Lue, they've, they've been good about like, just like they were under Rivers, to be honest, at just always kind of it's sort of like a Spolster effect where they're just kind of always in the mix for like a seven, eight seed, no matter if every man on the roster is injured, uh, which is admirable. But I have a hard time hitching my wagon to these two guys that can't seem to stay on the court, um, you know, and once they're gone, regardless if Steve Ballmer wants to spend a ton of money or not, I don't necessarily see a world where there's other stars that are like lining up to go to the Clippers hmm. um, because it's just not. I mean, it is something that we've seen in recent years. Like Chris Paul got traded there, obviously, and created sort of a whole thing there. And then they get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and their own like free agent coup after that. But they're not well positioned draft wise going forward. As you said, Marcus, I agree. They have like no young players that are worth banking on. They have Terrence Mann and BJ Boston were the only two guys that stood out to me. And Boston's like a huge long shot. Um, he's like the he's like honestly like the long shots long shot he's like a yeah. like a kevin knox level like i i, I know, would describe him as like a rich man's Ferran hunt yeah exactly so you know it's it's i just don't have them super high i have them very low on my list for, at, for that very reason um maybe they win a championship but i think to me like there's another team that'll come up eventually in the sixers that i look at them and i'm like i feel like the clippers are in the same tier as them hmm. you know on the surface a championship team they have the depth and whatever, but they just can't seem to they always seem snake bit with injuries and, you know, things going wrong and just general choking and not being able to make it uh, to the championship level. And I'm not going to bank a top 10 pick in this draft on that. You know what I mean? Um, so I that's where I'm at with them. Like, I just I don't think that that would be a team I would be gravitating towards. Um, but I'll move on. Gavin, you already made a pretty good case for them. And honestly, I'm sort of. <laughs> I'm sort of shifting my board around a little bit uh, with this one, but uh, man, I, it's tough for me because it, you know, this is like, you want to talk about not proving anything. I mean, this team hasn't even proven that they're willing to win yet. Um, so it's impossible to even think of a world where they are winning, but I, I just think on sheer volume shooting, you have to go with the thunder um, as you know, a, a, team on this list so i'm gonna go with the thunder i'll i'll be the one to take the plunge on them you know a zillion draft picks they have a pretty decent young core in place already um the the big thing is going to be are they going to get a young star that will be a big enough draw that it will attract other stars and maybe sga is already that maybe he's already well connected enough in the league that you know he can be like hey as soon as stupid Presty gives me the go ahead to start recruiting guys. Like we'll trade for some people. We're just not there yet. Um, 
or maybe it's not him. Maybe it has to be, you know, Wembenyama in year two or three or something if they do get him, or Scoot Henderson in year two or three if they do get him. That is the big enough draw for them to be able to finally pull the trigger and and get like a big big star uh, to finish off a, a title team. But we'll see what happens with them. But again, just on pure volume, they have so many draft picks. They have so many young players that are as of yet unrealized, but have real potential that. I, I think I, I just got to take them. I, I can't let them. I know they're not going to make it to my next pick. Let's put it that way. I, I feel that way. It's almost like a fantasy football when you're taking a guy that's like a little lower on your board, but you're like, damn, he's not going to make it past the turn. That's how I feel about the Thunder right now. That's why I'm going with them. J.K. Dobbins for me recently. 28. It was too high. It was just too high. But uh, but I'm, I'm with you, Alex. I think the big question for them is is how do they condense their talent? And it seems like they have every opportunity to do so. It's just It's actually pulling it off. And to your point, Finding guys who want to be there. That's the challenge. But but Marcus, you got you got two picks uh, coming up. Yeah. And just to quickly about the Thunder, I had them a little lower on my board. And I think it's something that you brought up, Alex, with the, the Sixers. Just kind of like an organizational flipping of the switch. Like we talk about teams a lot of times that kind of have their foot off the gas pedal and then are like, okay, playoff time, we'll flip the switch, we'll go into high gear. These teams that are just kind of like losing over and over again and like top down the organization has to then shift into like, okay, now – we're going to try to win. We're going to bring in some veterans. We're going to fill out the bench, whatever it might be. Like, that's really difficult to do. Um, habits build over time. These guys, uh, Shea especially, has been in not a winning situation for like a few years now. I do really like him as a player. I really, really like Giddy. Um, I'm curious to see how Chet turns out. And they've got a lot of picks coming their way, but they were a little lower on my board just because I'm a little unsure. Um, and now to just make myself seem like a hypocrite, I'm going to take the 76ers uh, who <laughs> – I think, I don't know. They, to me, they, they might have the best shot to win the title of the teams that are left on the board um, this coming year. Uh, Embiid hasn't really been injured the last couple of years, at least in a major way. So I feel a little bit more confident in his health going forward. Obviously, Harden was uh, not himself uh, when he came over in the trade with Brooklyn. Um, and he kind of hasn't been himself for a little while since that uh I think it was hamstring injury in the playoffs uh, against Milwaukee two seasons ago. Um, but at the same time, Embiid's only 28. Um, he's got a contract through 2026. Uh, they've got DeAnthony Melton, who we brought up earlier, who's a, a solid young player, only 24. Um, they've got Korkmaz. They've got Tybal. Uh, and then Tyrese Maxey is the big one. Uh, only 22 years old, showed a lot in his second season. And uh, I'm expecting him to continue to kind of take that mantle from James Harden and kind of usher this team into their next era. Um, and yeah, once Harden's money comes off the books, once Tobias Harris's money comes off the books, uh, they both are, are off uh, in 2024 heading into that off season when maybe the cap goes up uh, and Daryl Morey can maybe bring in some, some younger guys to help out Embiid and Maxi uh, and to usher the team going forward. But I think they've got a good shot right now. They've got two young guys that I feel good about going forward. They've got a GM that, uh, whatever you want to say about him is at least, you know, willing to make moves, willing to try things. Um, and yeah, they're, they're my pick at number 12. Yeah. I was kind of thinking internally, like, was it like kind of insane for me to have, I had Denver up at two and I have Philly like all the way, this seems way too low in retrospect. I, I had them at 17. They probably like, if I, if I sat with it a little longer, maybe a little closer to like 10, 11, 12. 
but that feels kind of nuts because like you look at Denver and Philly and it's like, it's pretty much the same layout, like Maxi and Murray are equivalents, like Embiid and Jokic are equivalents in some way, but whatever Harden plus Harris equals MPJ in, in, in my weird formula here. The, 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 the thing that I'm basically saying there is I expect Jokic to age a lot better than Embiid just because Jokic is a better shooter, better passer. And like his game is like a little less predicated on athleticism. But the thing with Embiid is just, he's so coordinated and so strong um, and, and obviously had the massive, massive injury issues early in his career, but has been fairly healthy for the most part. The last few years obviously seems like, to use Alex's term about the Clippers, like a little snake bitten in the playoffs in particular. And I think I, I just, I, they just like, things just seem to go bad for them. I think that that's, that's why I had them so low, but you just look at what is actually there objectively, like the future, the future looks pretty bright. I don't know, Alex, were, were you kind of like in between us on, on the Sixers? Like, were they pretty close to being up for you? Um, yeah, they were I mean, I would say I probably have them in a similar place that you did. I had them right around where I have the T-Wolves, which is like towards the end of that, like first tier. Granted, my first tier again was like 16, 17 teams. (laughs) Like, I think there's a lot of teams you can make good cases for, you know, in the league. There's there's much fewer right now that you can say like, man, that team is really screwed for a long time. Like, because as we've seen with how player movement works now, like you can retool pretty easily in the NBA right now. Like we're seeing it with the Jazz, for example, where it's like, they, they're going from a, you know, a, a, a t- again, if we want to talk snake bitten, I mean, that's another team that's had, you know, huge regular season success and never been able to put it together in the playoffs. And yet, even with a team that everybody would say, like, well, that team basically has no chance of winning a championship, they're going to probably stack up, like, I don't know, like eight unprotected first round picks between Mitchell and, and Gobert and position themselves to be able to potentially draft, you know, a new, uh, uh, superstar for their team to lead them into their next era you know there's just there's so much uh uh you know so much talent in the league right now uh to to make things you know interesting that a lot of teams have a lot of uh a lot of appeal to them i guess i but i i sort of feel the same with the sixers as what i was saying with the clippers with the with that noted exception that they do have at least a couple young players especially maxi that you know, pique my interest as far as going forward, like being able to carry this team past an Embiid era, past, you know, uh, when Tobias Harris expires and past James Harden, who's pretty old. I mean, we it doesn't get talked about that often, but... I, I just want to throw out the way you said that sounded like Tobias Harris was going to die. <laughs> yes, when, when he expires, <laughs> when someone when someone takes him out, you know. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, yeah, it's just... You know, I think that's the differentiating factor, but I also just I don't have even though on paper they have the talent to potentially win a championship. I just don't have any faith that they're going to because they've never even come close uh, thus far in, you know, the Embiid era and formerly the Embiid Simmons era. So uh, we'll see how it all goes with this this Embiid Harden tandem when they actually have a full season and a full off season to work on it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with Sixers. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode with Marcus. Like we said, after the first one, this is, this is probably gonna be a four part episode. We went into quite a few teams here, obviously 30 teams total, lots to talk about when you're talking about the entire NBA. So it's a week long event, like uh, the biggest event since Avengers Endgame, uh, going on right here on locked on Knicks. So Stay tuned. You can see how far the Miami Heat will fall in our final two episodes uh, and how far some other hated Knicks teams will fall, including uh, depending on how you feel about the Nets, the Lakers, the Bulls. Lots of teams falling real far in these rankings. 
brought me tons of joy. Uh, you'll love to see how just how far they make it in our final two episodes. So those will be out later this week. But until next time, thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you all soon. Peace. <laughs>